I think so. So um, just in way of announcements tonight, um, I was going to tell you guys about some, some late-breaking news with Steadfast, which is exciting. Um, next week uh, will be a, a semi-average night, as average as usual, uh, which isn't that average, but um, I'll be preaching next week. Um, the following week, I'll be on uh, vacation in uh, Illinois' Largest State Park, a.k.a. Wisconsin. Yeah, I'll be up in, uh, I'll be up <laughs> in Wisconsin at the air show and bumming around up there, so it'll be a good time. Um, we're going to actually watch a, uh, a video, which some of you guys might have seen, some of you guys might not have, but it's kind of different than a lot of times we watch for podcasts. This is kind of a, a different feeling one. Um, then we're just going to have some small groups to be able to talk about that um, and chill together. Um, and then the week after that, I come back, which will be exciting. we got a lot of stuff going on. That's already into August, which is scary because August is when we go back to school for you college kids. Yeah, and for those of you guys who work, it's just another month where you, you keep on working. So either way, but we have some cool stuff going on with that uh, leading into uh, entrance back into college. Even the people who aren't going back to college like IVCC or if you guys are going away to some other ones. We have some people who are leaving this year, um, which is sad. Tears. Um, people who are taking off. But even if you aren't, obviously we spent some time, like I know one of the nights in August, we're going to go and we're going to pray over the college. Um, just because there's a lot of cool stuff that can happen there. There's a lot of bad stuff that can happen there, but there's a lot of great stuff that can happen there too, uh, especially if we're willing to pray for it. Let's move on. Tonight, tonight, exciting stuff is happening. We are relaunching Temptation Teams, as uh, you've heard me say a few times. What does that mean? What does that mean? Some of you are saying, I don't even know what Temptation Teams are because we've got brand new people here. You guys will understand it before long. But let me give you, um, I just have some things that I thought would be beneficial for us to start with before we even move into this, okay? So with us starting Temptation Teams tonight, which is, is basically just a small group time, same sex, so a group of guys, groups of girls, and it's a time where we, where we are small enough, yet big enough, where it's not like one-on-one, but it's a small enough group where you can actually be real with who you are. When you have a huge group like this, if we all sat down together, and I just pointed at someone, and I'm like, hey, what do you struggle with in life? Like, what are the things that you just, you're not good at at all? How many people feel like talking about that in front of like 30 people? Very few. Some people do. I know some people are pretty crazy like that. But most people would say, man, I don't feel comfortable talking about this here. But when you get down into a small group format and you actually know that you guys are going to be together and you know that you're all holding each other's confidence, you can have that time where you can actually say, you know, this is a problem in my life. You know, and you can actually be real about it. That's what it really is all about. A small group time um, where people are willing to listen, willing to help. Um, normally do this every single week. We've had this time off, which has been good because it's been reformatted. So to start with, though, just to get ourselves in the right place, personally, in your own mind. Every single one of us, everyone on this planet, but every one of us sitting in this room, should consistently take time throughout our lives to stop and actually look at who you are. I know it sounds crazy to say to stop and look at who you are, but it's really true. There are a lot of people who go through their entire life and they very rarely, if ever, stop and actually think about who they are. They react to situations. They do what seems most logical to do next. They follow in the footsteps of maybe someone who they're following. But very rarely, actually, if you stop and talk to someone and say, but no, 
who are you? A lot of people don't even know who they are. What makes me who I am? You know what I mean? A lot of people don't even know why we do what we do or are even happy doing what we're doing. But every so often, we should stop and actually look at our lives and evaluate and say, you know, who am I? Why am I this way? Where am I going? Do I want to be going in this direction? And actually reevaluate every so often. Um, as a Christian, if you say that you are, if you say that you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior and that that's part of your life, then, man, this is even more so. Because not only in the Bible does it say that we have to look at ourselves, but we have to look at ourselves and then compare it to this picture of Jesus Christ that we see in the Bible. The Bible talks about the fact that we have to compare ourselves to Jesus and try to compare ourselves also to what God says he wants for our lives, not just what we want for our lives. Um, in Leviticus, which is a wicked old law book back in the Old Testament, I just read it. I'm reading through the Old Testament right now in the message, which is really crazy. There are some amazingly weird stories in the Old Testament. Have you guys, who's actually read like all the way through the Old Testament? A few people? If you read through the Old Testament, there are some crazy weird stories in here. Like you go through and you're just blown away. But Leviticus is this book where, and this is why some people say like the Bible gets boring, is Leviticus was a law book. It was written through Moses by God. But how it was written is, is Moses had to write down like one after another after another of these laws. It was almost like us picking up a book of law and reading it. And you see it'd be very rep repetitious. It would be very detail-oriented. And it would just be, a lot of times you'd say, well, this is not really that fun of a read. That's kind of how Leviticus is a lot of times because it is. It's law. When there used to be a problem, they would flip open this book and they would say, this is what it says. So as I read through Leviticus, there's this part, though, and they're talking all about what we have to be like, what God's commanding to his people. And he says this in Leviticus 27 through 8. He says, Set yourselves apart for a holy life. Live a holy life because I am God, your God. Do what I tell you. Live the way I tell you. I am the God who makes you holy. See, what God is saying is that if you want to please me, you have to be like me. He says, I'm holy. And if you want to please me, you have to be holy as well. But the only way to do that is to listen to what I say. Basically, God's saying that he is the only thing that is holy. So if you want to be like him, listen to what he says, and you can be like him and make him happy. And um, we aren't just supposed to be like the kind of Christians you've probably seen time and time again in your lives, a lot of you guys probably have, who say something once, but then they don't really live it. They might have said the words like, yeah, I'm a Christian. I've met tons of people like that. There's a kid back when I was in high school, and um, we were talking about different things in our lives. Um, I don't remember how the subject even got there because it's just crazy. But he said something about, about having sex. And I just told him, like, oh, no. I'm like, I don't. I'm like, I don't have sex because I'm a Christian. And I'm like, that's just one of the things that um, always stood out to me that I'm like, no, I don't do. He's like, oh, really? He's like, yeah, I'm a Christian too. He's like, but anyway, I was having sex with this girl. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, like, where's the application? Like, he immediately like, oh, yeah, we're exactly the same. But then, you know, like, it goes on. These people who say, yeah, they're Christians, but you don't really see this application. As Christians, we should constantly be testing our faith to see if it's real. We can't just say, yeah, I believe in Jesus Christ, and that makes me a Christian. Done. Over. There's a lot more to it. Um... There's a verse in 2 Corinthians. If you guys want to turn there, you can, or I can just read it for you. And in 2 Corinthians 13, 5 through 6, 
I'm going to read it to you in the message, but it says this. Test yourselves to make sure that you are solid in your faith. Don't drift along taking everything for granted. Give, our, give yourselves regular checkups. You need first-hand evidence, not mere hearsay, that Jesus Christ is inside of you. Test it out. If you fail the test, do something about it. This is Paul writing to the Corinthians. What he's saying is that you can't just say because someone told you you were a Christian once that you are. He says that's not good enough. He says if you think you're a Christian, he says then test it out. Put it against my standards and say, am I or am I not? And actually rate that. He says if you fail the test, do something about it. Don't just continue on as you always have. That's not the point. See if it's true. Is it really inside of you or is it just something that you said once? The Bible has a really good verse that deals with this idea of knowing if you really know God or not. It's a really, really easy one, and it's 1 John 2, 3-6. through 6. This one I do want you guys to turn to, because this is a really good one. If you say, I want to I do this test. I want to put myself to this test and see, am I really a Christian or not? Do I pass the test? This right here, 1 John 2. And it's in verses 3 to 6. It says this. Here's how we can be sure that we know God in the right way. Keep his commandments. If someone claims, I know him well, but doesn't keep his commandments, he's obviously a liar. His life doesn't match his words. But the one who keeps God's word is the person in whom we see God's mature love. This is the only way to be sure we're in God. Anyone who claims to be intimate with God ought to live the same kind of life that Jesus lived. It says in the Bible that the only way, the only way that we can know that we're truly in God and that we have his love is if we follow his commandments. We follow along with what he says for our lives, with what he lays out. Our lives have to match up with our words. It says this. There's people who say, yeah, I am, but that the life doesn't match up with what they're saying. Not at all. We can't just say that we love God, but we have to live like it too. And that's the only way that we can be sure. That's what the Bible's saying here. It's pretty, pretty self-explanatory, isn't it? I mean, think about this, okay? How in the world do we show, like, our parents that we truly love them, that we truly respect them? The most common way is to obey what they say, isn't it? I mean, there's a lot of other things that we can do to show them that we love them. But if you think about us all the way from the time we were kids, all the way up to now even still, I don't know what your guys' relationships with family is. I know there's probably families in here that you probably guys don't even talk to your parents. There's families like that everywhere. But if you want to actually show your parents that you love them, how do you do it most commonly? Is by listening to what they say. By obeying what they, by what they said, especially when we're younger because we don't understand and our parents give us those things and, and to obey them is to show our love to them too. There's this awesome story about Rahab. She's a prostitute and she's from the, the town of Jericho. And Paul, and I believe it was Silas, off the top of my head, I can't remember, I think it was, they end up going to Jericho and the city's going to be destroyed. But anyway, while they're there, all these people come to catch them because they found out that they were in the city. And what happens is, is, when the people come to the door, they ask if they're there, and Rahab says no. And she hides the two spies, which is Paul and his companion. And when he leaves, they say, you know, blessed are you. And he says, your name will always be remembered 
throughout the ages, people will talk about Rahab and how she was such a, um, like a splendid woman because of what she did. Um, this is what it says, actually, in James 2.25. James is talking about Rahab. And he says, The same with Rahab, the Jericho harlot. Wasn't her action in hiding God's spies and helping them escape that seamless unity of believing and doing what counted with God? So what it's saying is that Rahab's faith and actually putting it into action, actually doing something about it, that's what made a difference. Not just the fact that she believed, but the fact that she actually did something about it in hiding them. That seamless unity of believing and doing. What it means is that you have to do something about what you believe. And this is what Temptation Teams is really about. Doing something about what we believe in. Not just saying we do, but actually taking something with it. James five sixteen. You can flip there if you'd like. Or like I said before, you can just let me read it if you trust me. I hope you do. James five sixteen says this. Make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. What James is saying is that a common practice we should be doing is telling other Christians, our friends, our peers, about what our sins are, what are our shortcomings. We're supposed to be confessing these sins and putting them out in the open. Now you notice it doesn't say in here that we're supposed to be confessing to a priest or to a pastor it doesn't say that. It's not some, some mega spiritual person that we're supposed to be just sharing these things with. But it says, with each other, with your friends, the common Christian sitting right next to you, your buddy. That's who you're supposed to be sharing these things with so that you're, you're putting these things out in the light. Think about it like this. When you sin, it's something inside yourself. And it's like a secret that you're holding inside of, your, inside of yourself. Okay? What it does is it gives that power because it's just yours. And you can put on a front, a facade. You can come and you can act like that's not my problem. That's not who I really am. Now when you come and you actually say, yeah, this is me. This is my sin. This is my failure. What happens is it breaks down that falseness. It breaks down that, that facade. And what happens is then you actually finally realize who you really are. A lot of people live those fake upfront lives that are just kind of a mask, hiding who they really are. But when you actually will just be willing to say, no, this is who I really am, then you can actually come to it and do something about it. When you actually start confronting and admitting sins to other people, that's when the power behind them is broken. If you guys have ever struggled, dealt with something in your life that's really hard to conquer, and maybe you've worked at it for a long time, if you keep it to yourself, it's going to be even harder. But if you can share that with someone else and you can let someone else carry some of that burden with you, it's so much easier to work with. Way, way, way easier. You need to confess the struggles that you have. Put them out there so that they lose the hold over you and it takes away some of the pride that keeps you from dealing with it. That's the real situation. It's to decrease our pride to say that I'm not that person, but to admit that you really are. The time with friends like this is extremely important. That's what Temptation Teams is all about. It says in the Bible back in Proverbs uh, 27, 17, that you use steel to sharpen steel and use a friend to sharpen a friend. The saying is that when two people work together on something, you become even sharper. You become better. 
you know, I mean, like, obviously what makes a knife best is the sharper it is. So the more time we spend with friends like this working on each other, we can sharpen each other and become a better, a better tool to be used by God. Now, people often get scared, probably some of you out there right now, thinking about small groups, thinking about talking to people about your sins. People get scared and their heart starts to race because they think, ah, oh, I don't know if I could do this. It's frightening. Because what happens is, is so many times when you're real about who you are, you're judged and you're mocked, or maybe you're just laughed at or something like that. All of us have had those experiences. All of us when we were kids are a lot dorkier than we are now. Every single one of us, it's true. Shoot, don't try to hide it. Some of you guys are smiling and smirking, thinking, oh, I was never uncool. All of us were uncool at one day. All of us had those really, really lame, weird things about us. And there was, all of us have probably come to that one point when we were like in middle school, in grade school, in preschool, whenever it happened. When you said something that was really all about like who you were, but it was really lame and someone laughed at you. And I was like, that was kind of hard to deal with, wasn't it? I know what happened to me. I can't remember exact situation. There's probably people who can, because like some of those things are devastating in people's lives. But um, all of us have those have those things like that. Um, we're afraid that people are going to be appalled at what we say, and are going to be like shocked, be like, "Oh my God, I can't believe that you deal with that. That's horrifying." Let me tell you, okay? I've been hanging out with people for a long time. I've been doing ministry for a long time. I have seen and heard it all. I have seen and heard it all. Crazy stuff. Nothing shocks me anymore. People tell me stuff, and I'm like, really? Okay. Yeah. Like, I totally, you know, I don't even bat an eye anymore. Um, your groups have probably heard it. Honest to God, 90% of what you're going to say that you're afraid to let go, like something right now that you're thinking, there's no way I could say that. There's no way I could say that I, I deal with that. No joke, honest to God, when you say it, probably like half of your, half of your group will say, yeah, me too. Because <laughs> they're, they're too afraid to say it too. But the reason why we do feel this way is because we're afraid of judgment. And that's not the way um, that it needs to be. It's not the way that it's going to be with temptation teams. We're different. We're better. I promise you. Um, there's a verse in 1 Corinthians, and um, you guys don't have to turn there. Some of you guys got to hear this one. Um, back in May, because I, I talked about this verse one time. We were out at a park, and I did a Bible study. And this is Paul writing to the Corinthian church. <clears throat> and he says this. He says, I have also received a report of scandalous sex within your church family, a kind that wouldn't be tolerated even outside the church. One of your men is sleeping with his stepmother, and you're so above it all that it doesn't even phase you. And what he says here come, that comes next is all about what temptation teams is all about what this, see, like, this is the, the sin that you hear about. Like, someone would bring up, and, like, he says, you know, you, you don't even care about this. But this is how he says that we should deal with this. He doesn't say, shouldn't you be angry? Shouldn't you be furious? Shouldn't you be appalled? Shouldn't you be taken back? But what he says is this. He says, shouldn't this break your hearts? Shouldn't it bring you to your knees in tears? That's his comment about this. See, that's the truth, and that's the reality of what we want out of our small group times. Not the fact that we're appalled or we're angry that someone is dealing with this, but instead it brings us to tears to see that someone has to struggle with this, that this is someone's life, and that we really are concerned about it. That when someone has one of these things that they are just fighting with over and over again, 
and it's not helping, that we don't come at it like we're upset with them. We don't come at it like we're judging them, but we come at it with a broken heart saying that we would want to help because we love you and we want to see you do better. If this is something you don't want in your life, man, I will do anything I can to help you out. That's the way we're supposed to come at it with, and that's how it's supposed to be. If we get at it like this, that fear is going to break away. All that fear and that reserve, it's going to come down because you realize that there's people who actually care about you. It's not people who just want to poke fun at what you struggle with. People in your temptation team will actually keep you accountable and will actually care about you, will keep those things inside the temptation team. They aren't going to run off and go tell someone else about your secrets. That's the biggest point about it. Is if we're in a small group, everyone knows that anything that's said here is in this small group. It doesn't leave here. It's just between us talking about what's going on in our own lives. It doesn't need to go past here. That's just the end of it. All of you are going to have friends throughout life. Probably a lot of different friends. You guys will come to new friends, leave old friends, find all different kinds of them. You'll find plenty of shallow friends. Tons of shallow friends. Tons. And I don't mean in their personality. What I mean is this, shallow in your relationship. There'll be plenty of friends who will love to be the person who will hang out with you, you know, see you at a party, catch a movie with you, but would never go past actually, actually, ask, actually asking how your day went. Like, that would be as far as they would go. How did your day go? It went okay. But they're the same kind of people who, if you say it didn't go well, they're like, yeah, I know that. And they won't dig any deeper, and they won't actually talk to you about anything else because they don't care. They don't care to know anything more about your day. If you say, you know what, it's been really bad, they don't care to know why it's been really bad. You'll see plenty of friends like that throughout your life. Then there's those few friends they'll have that actually care about you enough that when those situations come, they'll actually want to know. They'll actually want to hear about it because they actually care about you that much. That's the kind of friendships that are cultivated inside of temptation teams because these people aren't just willing to say, yeah, you know what, that's yours. But instead they care about you enough to say, wait a second though, what does that actually mean? Why are you feeling that way? Is there something that we can do about that? That's what the kind of friendship that happens inside these. And I've seen it myself, even in our past temptation teams. Um, there's been things that have been shared inside of them that would have never been shared outside of it because there was this, this community that was created and people knew that they could trust it. And people could relieve and let go of things that have been really, really hard on top of them. And they can just say, you know what, and, and give it to the group and people can say, yeah, we're with you on this. Why is all of this so important? Why does all of this make sense, aside from even all the stuff that I've said so far, all the different things that I've, I've mentioned about what it means to us? Perhaps more important than all of this is First John two twenty eight and 29. It says this in the message. And now, children, stay with Christ. Live deeply in Christ. Then we'll be ready for him when he appears, ready to receive him with open arms, with no cause for red-faced guilt or lame excuses when he arrives. Once you're convinced that he is right and righteous, you'll recognize that all who practice righteousness are God's true children. What it's saying is that sooner or later, Christ is coming back. He's coming back to take over this earth. He's coming back. And who are you going to be? Are you going to be the same exact person who you've always been, struggling with the same stuff in your life, 
hating the same situations and characteristics about your life every single day? Or are you going to be the kind of person who actually says, you know what, I will break down some of my pride, talk about it, and see if I can do something about this in my life. Are we going to be ready for when Jesus Christ returns? Some of you guys may be out there, because I don't know everyone yet. Some of you guys are probably asking, why does this even matter to me? Some of you guys might not even have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And you say, I'm not a Christian. How does this apply? It still applies to your life. There's still situations in your life that are negative, so you know. Even if you say, I don't follow Jesus Christ as my Savior yet. still situations in your life that right now, if you said, man, what's something in my life that I know isn't right? you can still find it, and that's still something that you can work on. I want to explain this to you, but before we go any farther, I just want to say a quick word of prayer, and then I want to talk to you about tem- temptation teams for just a second, okay? Let's just pray for one second. Lord, I thank you for tonight, and I thank you just for the fact that on this earth, you did not create us to be loners, but instead you created us to have real friendship, to have people who cared about us, Lord God, that you created us to be community-driven. And God, that, um, that we can become more than what we are today. That we're not bound in and um, sealed, Lord God, to be the exact same person for the rest of our lives. But Lord, that we can become something better. That we can take things that we struggle with and that we can look at them, use your word as a compass, and then find our way out of that situation. It's in your name that I pray, Jesus Christ, and in your name that I ask for all these things. Amen. All right, so to talk about temptation teams, because that's just to get our hearts in the right place, to get our hearts where we actually need to be to move forward in this. Here's how temptation teams are going to roll for now. Unlike before, which was just kind of these informal groups of the same sex where we sat around and we talked, um, these are a lot more goal-driven, which I love. Is anyone out there one of those people who are like, they make lists of stuff that they want to accomplish in life? Like, you'll sit down and you'll be like, yeah, I really like to do this. And you'll, like, write it down somewhere. And you guys have, like, a locations list. Did anyone write down, like, places you'd want to go in life? I've done that a few times. I think I always lose them. But, like, you sit down and you're like, I'd really like to be here. All right, here's the deal. Temptation teams are going to be a lot more goal-driven. Some of you guys who aren't goal-driven, this could really be helpful because some of us need to focus in life. All right, here's the lowdown. Temptation teams will be small groups of the same sex that run for three months. There's a beginning date and a termination date. Unlike before where they were just a group that informally came together, now you have three months inside of this group. Here's the reason why. is In three months, have you made progress? You have three months to try to say, I want to do better in this area. I want to get this under control. I want to take care of this. So there's a deadline There'll be another temptation team after that, and we'll take and we'll reformat, and we'll go and we'll have different temptation teams, which is cool because you get to meet new friends. But after three months, you want to see where have I where have I gone? So here's the cool thing: you guys get stuff. Yeah, we're nice. We're nice. Each of you. So do you say swag? Who said that? <laughs> um, each of you are going to get your own Temptation Team booklet with has our sweet logo on it. Some of you guys don't stare at that. Um, it has our sweet logo on it for Temptation Teams, and this is going to be what we're going to use in our Temptation Teams. We have this. I have a pen for you guys. 
and some sticky notes. Here's the deal. Yeah, whoo. They're super sticky notes. These are the ones that, these are the ones that are restickable. They're post-it super sticky. So you can take them off, stick them on something, take them home, unstick them, put them somewhere else. That's exciting. Here's temptation teams for you. This year, this year, this next year, this is how we'll function temptation teams. Instead of just saying, this is my week, this is my temptation, and so forth, what we're going to do is we're going to actually look at these. And we're going to use a format called the ABCDE format, which is pretty cool. It's an awesome layout. This is a, uh, a fusion resource, which I just so happen to be able to get a hold of any time I can because I'm the director for the state of Illinois, so I can just grab these and take them, which is nice. Um, here's what it says. ABC and so forth plan. When a situation or temptation needs to be taken care of, we don't look to our own understanding anymore, but we focus on what's really going to work. What we do is A, we assess the situation. This is really easy. Inside of our books, we write a brief yet precise summarization of what the issue is. It doesn't have to be very long. It just has to fulfill what the situation would be. Then B, we move on. And B is build a biblical foundation. Instead of just trying to say, what do I think could be done? What do you guys think could be done? Which a lot of times is pretty lame because you ask people and you're like, I don't know if I trust you guys to be telling me what to do in my life. Instead, what we do is we, just, we look to real truth, which is the Bible. The Bible is, I mean, the ultimate in truth. Honestly, even if some of you guys say I'm not Christians, the Bible is still like a cornerstone of truth. Read it even if you aren't a Christian, and you'll still be surprised by how amazing and how realistic and applicable the situations in it are. But what we do is we say, in my situation that I just identified, what does God's word say about this? And this can be just as something so simple as, let's say that mine is, okay, um, you know what, I don't want to drink anymore. I used to drink a lot, whatever, so, you know, I really have realized this doesn't feel right. I don't want to drink anymore. So we take and we look at the Bible and we go through and it says, you know what, um, I can look through different things. And this one says, yeah, that drunkenness isn't something that God likes. Okay, so that's part of what the Bible says about it. And we can go through and we can list this off, right? So we go through and we build a biblical foundation on what the situation says. Then we move on to C, which is create measurable goals. And this is you. You can have help from the people who are in your group, but this is all about you. It's about you setting these goals. What would you trust God to do in your life? What would you trust God to do in the situation? What could we lay out? And then what we do is once we set these goals, we're going to then develop the plan of action to actually accomplish them. Because a lot of people have goals. Not many people accomplish their goals. So if I say, okay, um, I trust God that in three months, I'm no longer going to get plastered at parties. That's my goal, because I don't want to drink anymore. That's my goal, okay? This is just, for example, I actually don't drink. Any of you guys who are wondering, um, no problem. Um, if, I, if I develop this goal then, what is the plan of action that I can take to this? And these are very small throughout the thing. It can be as simple as, like, step one, get rid of the alcohol I have in my house today, you know? Step two, and you're going to lay out these, these plans that you're going to have to actually go through with it. 
What are the different steps that you're going to have to take? And you can consistently work on these and develop more throughout the three months that we work on. You don't have to lay it all out now. But what are the, what are the, the plans that we have to actually reach this goal if we say we want to do it? We can say we want to, but well, how are we actually going to do it? And then E, which is establish proper support. What this is saying is that we're not going to do this alone. That if we, we see a goal that we want to accomplish, we develop the plan to get there. We're not just going to do it on our own. But inside temptation teams instead, we're going to have the support of people who say, yeah, I will be there. Like I say that, okay, I don't want to drink anymore. I want to be clean in three, three months. I don't want to be a drunk anymore. Um, tomorrow I'm going to throw away all the alcohol I have. Um, you know, a week from now this, and you lay it out. Then you have people in your team who actually says, and I'll actually support you in that. And you have a friend who says, you want me to come over tomorrow when you throw away all your alcohol? You want me to hang out with you? You want me to take and, and be there for you? Or you say, you know, um, on Friday night there's a huge party. I'm not going to go to it and get wasted. You have a friend who says, then why don't we go hang out on Friday night? Why don't we go see a movie and hang out together? This is something you don't want to do. It's just that simple that, that goes through the action. Is there support with inside of that? Um, we are going to use God's word to interpret our actions and what outcome we should focus on. Depending on how big of an issue you're dealing with, uh, you may have to start this process over after a period of time. You may have to take and reassess the situation, rebuild a biblical foundation, recreate goals, redevelop a plan of action, and reestablish proper support throughout the way. But this is a, a format for us to actually look at. It's actually hopefully going to make you progress in the direction that you want to. Not like I'm putting this out there because, like, whatever, but this is, a, this is an awesome way that you can look at your own life and say, this is what I want to accomplish. This is how I can accomplish it, which is awesome. We have people who are going to be leaders inside the temptation teams, which we always did have leaders, but there's people who are actually there to really make sure that you're accomplishing what you want to accomplish. If you say this is it, they're going to be there to be holding you accountable, to actually ask you about it. It's good. I know it sounds like it might be painful, but that's what has to happen. I have listed out for you on the back of this because some of us are very, very um, close-minded and we don't want to think about this stuff. But it's a, it's a section called Painful Accountability. And what it does is it has three areas, God, others, and you. And it has different things listed underneath that that you can look at. And when you look at it, you can say, you know, a lot of us can say, oh, I'm fine. But then you read through these and you actually think about them and you say, actually, I'm not so fine with that. And you can, you can pick these out. And your temptation team leaders are going to be the kind of people who are going to say, how are you actually doing with this? Not how do you say you're doing with it, but how are you really doing with it? And this year, um, our temptation teams are going to be a lot more time efficient. Darn it. 30-minute temptation teams from beginning to end. Five minutes for a welcome, 20 minutes to work on your temptations, to work through it, to establish that support, five minutes to close, which means establishing proper prayer support for the next week. This means is that if there are situations that are going on in our life, even things outside of our temptations, but primarily focusing on that, what we'll do then is before we leave, that's what the stickies are for, you're going to take and you're going to write down what are the things right now that I need to be praying for for this next week? Because that's one of the biggest things is, is how can I help you? I can at least pray that God's really going to be with you in this next week. If you say this is a problem, I'm going to at least spend a little bit of time each day just asking God to help you in this situation if it's something you want to take care of in your life. So what you can do is you take, you write down 
say if we have a group of three, I'm going to write down for myself, for my other partner, for the other partner, write it down, take this, unstick it, stick it on the inside of my temptation team, booklet, take it home, and then when I get home, I'm going to put it somewhere we're actually going to see it for the next week, wherever that would be. You could put it in your car, you could put it on your mirror, you could put it anywhere, on top of your bed, wherever you want to put it, where each time you're going to see it every day and you're going to stop and actually pray and say, you know what, God, I just pray to you that you're actually going to help these people because I said I'd pray for them and they really want to change this part in their life. They want to take care of this. Um, I just pray that you're going to help them out with that. And just to go through that and have that prayer support. If we actually do this, because I know it almost seems daunting right now because it seems like something hard, but it's not. Don't worry. It's easier than what we used to do. Um, If we actually do this, there's going to be results. What it means is the things that you struggle with that you say, I don't want to be anymore, you're going to see accomplishments inside of them. I'm not going to promise you that everything's going to disappear. I'm not going to promise you that everything you don't have under control, that things you want to be and things you don't want to be are immediately going to change. But I do promise you that if you actually look at this format and you work like this in your group, that you're going to see real steps taken forward in those areas, whether it's becoming someone or stopping being somebody, you know, not being someone anymore. Whatever it may be, certain area in your life, huge area in your life, um, you can actually accomplish things in this. So, here's what I want. I want um, my leaders to come on up here for a second. Yes, all of the people who are leading temptation teams for this next year. Yep, 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 yep. All right, and I just want to give you guys these real quick. Yes. I can't hear you. Huh? You guys can grab one too, yes. Sorry. It's hard right now. I wasn't paying attention. Go ahead and grab each one Grab one of these each. And um, I don't know how many people we have tonight, but... Perfect. All right. And I want you guys... Um, actually, yeah, I don't want you guys to grab one of these because you guys are going to be the last ones who are going to get the handouts because you guys are workers. Everyone else gets to pick because they're different colors and if you guys like a certain color and there's top bound and side bound depending on what you like. Nicole told me that if you're left-handed these are better because then you aren't smashing your hand into the things. But anyways. Alright, so each of you guys are going to come get these and then what we're going to do is we're going to stop and we're going to pray for just a small period of time asking God what he's going to want out of us for this next year, four temptation teams. And then, this is the crazy part, you're going to get to pick where you want to go for temptation teams. I know this is dangerous. This is dangerous. Here's the deal, though. Um, The groups that we're making, I want them to be as even as possible, okay? We don't want, like, 20 people in one group and two in another. You want to keep these as small and focused as possible because that's how you're actually going to have time to work with it. Um, So uh, there will be like one, two, three, four uh, girls groups, four girls groups, and uh, three guys groups for now. It's going to split off. Um, So we'll be good with that. And we'll go into it, and then we'll be able to split. It's only for three months, and we'll be able to work through it really fluid. Yes. Yes, Julie. 
like you. <laughs> uh, you guys can join up any group. It's fine. Like, obviously, probably best for temptation teams would be, like, not if people who are not going to be here, like, are going to be leaving. Like, to not all go to one group. <laughs> if you split up throughout groups, it won't make any difference, really. But it'll be okay. I promise you. All right, so um, here's what I want you guys to do. I just want, like, not even five minutes, just a few minutes, okay? Just bring down the lights for a second. I just want to put on some prayer music, and here's what I want you guys to do. All you guys, all you leaders, I want you guys to go to the back, because I'll talk to you in a second. What I want you guys to do is spend not even five minutes and just do this. Actually bow your hearts, bow your heads, close your eyes. Think about God for a second and just honestly, honestly stop and ask God, what is it right now? What is it right now in my life that doesn't fit with what you want? What are the things in my life right now that maybe I've already noticed or maybe I haven't noticed anything, but you're going to show me something? What are the things that aren't pleasing to you? What are the things that if I want to become more like you, I need to look at, I need to work at. It could be doing something more. It could be doing something less. It could be cutting something out of your life or starting something completely new. But actually asking God, what do I need to do? What would you have me do? And then where would you have me go tonight, even in our temptation teams? Maybe there's a specific group I'm supposed to go to, and you're going to lead me to that group. But just take a few minutes right now and just ask God honestly, don't have to make it something very super spiritual. Just honestly asking God, what do you have for me tonight? you to do. You guys are going to be able to come up here and you're going to be able to grab your books in just a second. Um, let's have our group spread out because um, we have Cassie, uh, Gina, Kate, Nicole, and Shelby. And then um, you two are going to hop into different groups, Sal and Sarah, hop into groups there. And then for us guys, we're going to have uh, Prince, Russell, and then um, Nate, uh, Ethan's going to hopefully be with you with this with this next uh, starting, and then me. So there'll be four groups for guys as well um, to start out with. So after we come up and we get them, you guys just take a second, and you can go ahead and head to a group. Obviously, like I said, it's girls with girls and guys with guys. But um, you guys can go ahead and pick out, and I'm just going to pray to God that we get awesome groups set up in different places. And... Um, Use these resources. This is a really good place to keep your uh, to keep your notes. If you really don't want to use this and you want to use like one that you already have, that's cool. I won't be offended much. <laughs> but um, you guys go ahead. You can come up. You can grab your temptation books, and then let's have our leaders spread out around the room so that people can find you. And you guys can go ahead and jump in a group. You actually get to pick. How crazy is that? 
feel free to go wherever you wish. I got pens for everyone too. 